What's up, Stim Music Nation? Before we start episode 20, I want to let you know that we are in the middle of Stim Music March Madness. That's right, I've put all of the Stim Music songs in a bracket. And guess what? You get to help choose the song champion. To join in on the fun, go to www.thustinmusic.com slash marchmadness to vote on today's song competition. I'll put the link in the description of this episode. All right, let's jump into this episode featuring another woman in STEM right now. We call it STEM music indeed. Welcome to the STEM music podcast where we highlight multicultural STEM professionals and the music they love. I'm your host, Roy Moy III, and today we have an amazing guest on the STEM music podcast. She comes from the E in STEM, so engineering. She holds a bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering from Wichita State University and a master's degree in aerospace engineering from the University of Southern California. I know y'all, STEM Music Nation, this is the real deal. She has received the Outstanding Aerospace Engineering Student Award during the Wichita State University's Engineering Open House event, and I was there to witness that. I was very proud of her. On the professional side of things, she has recruited for Delta Flight Products at a Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers conference. And prior to the pandemic, she was traveling the world, bringing value to her company as a mechanical design engineer. STEM Music Nation, please help me welcome a very, very good friend of mine, mi amiga mexicana to the STEM Music Podcast, Fernanda Quesada. Welcome to the STEM Music Podcast. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. All right, so we jump always to this first question, and um, it's all about how you got into STEM. So I remember we talked in the pre-interview about um, this cool story about an airport and a restaurant, and I think it's adorable, and, and, and other stuff as well. So how did you get into STEM, Fernanda? So ever since I was a, a child, I loved airplanes, and I actually wanted to be an astronaut. That's, you know, when they asked you what you wanted to be when sure. you grew up. I always thought uh, being an astronaut would be so cool. So when I was a kid, my parents used to, we used to have family breakfasts, you know, on weekends. And um, so we used to go to these restaurants sometimes in the Mexico City airport. It overlooked the runway. That's so and cool. So, yeah, like ever since I was a kid, I was fascinated by airplanes. And then growing up, that dream kind of like faded away a little bit. Okay. I started forgetting about like when it came to career choices, I was like, maybe I'll be a chemical engineer like my dad, or maybe I'll do international business because that was trending back then. Huh. And I didn't know aerospace existed. So I was trying to you know, make up my mind and watch study. And then I was taking a, a, a test online for our like vocational okay. career class we had in high school. And I saw aerospace engineering pop up. And I was like, this sounds so cool. This, this may be the thing. Mm. And as I was doing research on it, I was like, yep, this is it. Like, I'm going to do this. Wow. Yes. And that's kind of just how it came about, just from that research on your own. It's so interesting 
Yeah. One that you, you know, your father being a chemical engineer, so you kind of had that access to the STEM world, but then through your own discovery of of airplanes and, and STEM Music Nation, y'all know I did aerospace engineering in my undergrad as well. And so it's just, it's so cool to hear how different people got to the same place um, through that fascination and discovery. And I found myself doing the same thing, like looking online, trying to figure out on Wikipedia and other places, um, <laughs> you know, what is aerospace engineering? And like, I love airplanes. Is this something I want to do? And eventually jumped in. So in regards to like, you're growing up, um, you're from Mexico and, you know, just, I'm so interested in what that experience was like um, growing up and in school, uh, maybe how that differs from what you've learned about uh, the United States in regards to, you know, how school is for students growing up uh, here. And then also just, you know, any, any influences that kind of had an impact on you um, and specifically regarding STEM. So, you know, as you started to get into those upper level courses where you're trying to uh, tailor your classwork towards like, I need to take calculus or I need to take, you know, courses that are going to help me in my pursuit of engineering. Okay. That's a great question. So in terms of school, they, um, in Mexico, we do something pretty interesting towards in actually the last year of high school. Okay. You can choose, everyone takes the same classes basically uh, up to this last year of high school. Okay. You can choose between four areas, area one, two, three, and four. Area one is guided to math and engineering. Area two is mostly like maybe things that have to do with chemistry, biology. If you wanted to be a doctor, area two was your field. Okay, okay. Area three would be economics, anything oh. business-like. Okay. And area four, which we used to make fun of that area sometimes, was <laughs> like liberal arts. My area, the area that I yeah. probably would have been in if I didn't do engineering. <laughs> I knew it. I <laughs> liberal arts and also law. Oh, but okay, it law. It seemed to be like the easiest area in yeah. terms of, of, you know, what classes were hard. Not to say that I would have been great at it because no talent in that. You're a genius, Fernanda. You probably <laughs> would have been amazing at whatever it is that you decided. Thank you. So yeah. you had these four different areas. And so you mm -hmm. were explaining, my bad. Yeah, so I chose area one. So we had calculus, yeah, calculus. We had physics chemistry, which of course we shared with area two. Mm -hmm. And then our drawing class or our arts class, each, each area had an arts class, but ours was uh, solely like dedicated to drafting. Okay. And architecture, if you wanted to do architecture, it was also this area. So learn how to, you know, draft by hand, uh, which now comes in handy. Not that we still do professionally, you know, sure. by hand, but all computer aided. We also had like a computing class and we learned um, CAD, which is computer aided design yeah. uh, using Google SketchUp because that was like a free resource. Wow. But I'm sad to say that my school and maybe other schools were different, but we didn't really have a STEM program okay. when okay. I was in school. And like, there was no, no encouraging middle school yeah, yeah. or high schoolers to go into that acronym didn't even exist when we were like in high school i i remember because i was so interested in this thing called engineering and we had some pre-courses kind of similar to what you're describing where because i remember we did autodesk inventor like in my mm -hmm. job i use katia v5 but you know it's a similar 
um, uh, software. But um, yeah, the, the, the term STEM, like I didn't hear that till I was in college. So yeah, well, that's really cool. So you, you actually had the opportunity, um, similar to myself and, and others who've been on the podcast to kind of lean into that what we would call STEM, right? You know, as you, before you decided to go to college and um, officially choose your major. And so that's good. That's good. I think that's very important, especially for younger students who, who might listen to this podcast, um, that that's always a good thing to try to just prepare yourself and get as much knowledge as you can. So speaking of that transition, um, unlike myself or many other American students, you're going to a whole nother country for college. And so I'm super interested because um, I don't even think, even as a very good friend of yours, I don't even think I fully know the story of how you decided not only to say, hey, I want to study aerospace engineering um, as my undergrad in the state, but I also want to go to Wichita State University. So I'm interested on that whole journey of not only how you chose to, to come to Wichita State in, in, in United States to study, but also what that experience was like. Okay, so um, the reason why so once I, once I de de decided I wanted to do aerospace, it became like time to look for colleges. And Mexico at the time only offered aerospace at a uh, national university, which is mostly focused in um, engineering. Okay. So it was that public university or another school in Monterrey, which is far away from Mexico. That's where my family's from. <laughs> But they didn't quite offer the program. It okay. was like a concentration in mechanical yeah. um, engineering. Like you could take a few more classes and do aerospace. And my dad's best friend from college was at the time and is still in, in Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. So, and he had a daughter about my age and she was starting to look into colleges too. So my dad was like, well, we can maybe look into that possibility let's look at both so i remember going to the uh, instituto politecnico nacional which is the engineering university and you know went in and talked to prof like the director of the you know the program visited mm -hmm. the facilities got a gauge of what it would be there i applied as well uh, and in the meantime i was looking at schools in the states uh, of course, like I was like, maybe I could get into MIT, which didn't happen, of course. But then I applied to schools in Oklahoma because that's where my dad's friend. Right, is. right, right. And I had to take the SAT, which was painful. Like, mm. Mm, it was painful because I didn't really have, I had to buy a book and prepare myself, you know, yeah. and my physics teacher uh, took time to run me through like optics and things that we hadn't really covered um so yeah when I took the SAT there was an option where you could check a box and they would send your information they would send you information about other schools okay so I get this random email from Wichita State and I'm like <laughs> what is this and it said number one school in research which now I know why it's number one research. Uh -huh. <laughs> For aerospace. <laughs> For aerospace. And then air capital of the world. I'm like, what is this? And so I had to apply. I was like, okay, let's give it a chance. We will apply. And I got accepted. I got into OSU, OU, and Wichita State. So we took a trip to visit my dad's friend and take a trip to OSU, a 
trip to Wichita State. So I met with Dr. Miller and, you know, through the facilities and just everything. And comparing that to what, you know, we had in Mexico, um, I was like, man, this is a little nicer mm-hmm. uh, in terms of facilities, right? They, Mexico also has a wind tunnel, but uh, here they had four different wind tunnels. Right. Um, and the fact that Wichita State was also a, it's a public school, right? A mm-hmm. state school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like a private one that it was also affordable at the time. I don't know now. Um, so yeah, that's how I ended up coming to the States, deciding that Wichita was a feasible option. No, yeah, that's, that's, it's, I was telling, you know, a, a good friend of ours, Lynette, who is recently on the podcast, um, the same thing that it just kind of came about in a way that I just did not expect. Um, but uh, similar to you, I had, I, I went on a tour, so I didn't get to meet Dr. Miller, which yeah. uh, Music Nation, that was our senior design uh, professor. Um, and I think chair of aerospace engineering at, at Wichita State University. But um, on my tour, I was the only aerospace engineering like prospective student on my uh, tour. So all the other you know, high school students were just like business or whatever. And um, the tour guide happened to be an aerospace engineering student, which was so random. And he was like, if you want, instead of going to tour the dorms, I can take you to see all the wind tunnels and model planes and I was like yeah like so and and it just was such a crazy experience like to be on this tour and that wasn't scheduled you know I didn't say like oh I want to see all this it was just a general tour and um I was so like hyped about it and excited so I ended up going without even knowing what the dorms looked like you know like when I was moving in that was (laughs) moving day was the first time I saw what like where I'd be living and what it looked like so um, I'm so glad that you chose Wichita State, by the way. Anyway, yes. Another reason why I chose Wichita State that I can't forget was the fact that the industry was in Wichita. It still is in Wichita. And that's something that I wouldn't necessarily have in Mexico City either. Mm-hmm. Uh, access to manufacturers right there in the same city. And Dr. Miller did mention that, oh, most students work and, you know, go to school. I was like, that would be amazing. So that's yeah. another thing why I chose Wichita. I don't think a lot of cities across the U.S. Well, I take that back. There's plenty, but um, the concentration of it all, which yeah. is why it's called the air capital of the world. There's so many companies that design, build, um, do research um, for uh, aerospace in the aerospace industry. And so, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And that was another thing too, for me, that, that kind of, I didn't know about that growing up so close to Wichita, I had no idea. And so when I found out, I was like, even if you don't want to stay, you can, it's a, it's a, like a launching pad to, you know, go to another company or whatever that you want to do within the industry. At least you have those resources and for internships, you know, like you could potentially have experiences. And and Wichita is small and you can go to school and, you know, after your class, drive to wherever you have to be working. Exactly. So I'm thinking now like LA, LA has like a bunch of aerospace companies, but going from school to work, traffic may be a little harder than it was in Wichita. Yeah, it's like, it's the Music Nation, it's like 20 minutes to, you know, go from one side to the other of, of Wichita. Um, and there's very little traffic. Um, so compared to an LA or Dallas or Atlanta, yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing. So, um, no, that's great. And so in regards to that transition, um, being an international student, you know, 
walk us through maybe what uh, that experience was like. Um, you know, was it extremely difficult for you, uh, especially for those who might be international students listening to the podcast and thinking about doing that type of a transition? Um, and then we'll get into kind of just the degree program and just, you know, your experience throughout college. Okay. Yes, I think um, taking into consideration that I went to the same school basically since elementary school through high school with the same people, not mm-hmm. really having to put myself out there other than maybe extracurricular. I had to talk to make new friends, right? But mm, most of my life, I didn't really have to struggle with meeting new people. Gotcha. So I was a little, I think, unconsciously, um, I put on these attitude this attitude um of just being open to meeting people because i was i got on survival mode to meet people that's like from day one i was just talking to everyone including lynette <laughs> it was like at my orientation uh we were sat in the same table and i was like hi uh what are you studying aerospace oh me too and <laughs> she was probably the first person i talked to at the international okay uh, okay students orientation and I just made some of my best friends. I met them at orientation. That's and so I think funny. just that helped me uh, adjust, adapt, and not feel alone. Like I never really cried because I was homesick. Mm-hmm. I just surrounded myself by people and things to do. Like I joined school organizations and I was just busy. Like every day I had stuff to do. I think that helped me make my transition so much easier. That's good. I think that's great advice though. You kind of just built that community so that you had those people, those friends to lean on and you know, organizations and obviously our coursework, <laughs> that's enough on its own. <laughs> um, so in speaking of that though, um, just, just talk to us a little bit about you know, that journey of being in college. Um, I know we referenced in the pre-interview Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. I'd love for you to talk about your journey in that organization. We've talked about Nesby on here quite a couple of times, National Society of Black Engineers, STEM- Music Nation, I know you've heard that several times. So this is like our first time getting to talk about Shep um, on the STEM Music Podcast. So, you know, talk to us a little bit about that, um, being a, a Latina in STEM and representing in that organization. Yeah. So let's start with some numbers. I was probably the only Hispanic woman in our class. We were, mm. what, 60 people? Something like that. Yeah. Yep. Like I always, that. I told him before that, that myself and Tyrone, we were the one African-American aerospace engineering graduate, you know, that graduated in our graduating class. Cause I'm half black, he's half black. Like there were, we had Nigerian, we had African male students, but like there was only one African-American and it was co- a combination of two people anyway. <laughs> no, that's uh, women. We had a handful. Uh, we had maybe like 10 women total, which is still not a very big number right and and it was another friend that was mexican and another venezuelan friend and we were the three hispanic people i think the full hispanic people 100 percent. yeah just some, that's amazing yeah um did this make anything harder i don't think so i felt like faculty were pretty non-biased I I'd never felt intimidated by that. And what I did feel intimidated, not, not in terms of professors, but classmates. 
some some classmates would be overconfident mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know after an exam they would be uh you know saying how sure they were of their answers and that kind of does put me in a little bit of a bias and i'm like maybe i'm not smart enough man these he, he's probably right and he's always so so you know sure of himself and then comes out like uh next week we get <laughs> test results and i was right he was wrong because <laughs> um, you're the genius fernanda <laughs> no and the the implicit bias was more a thing like i made up myself mm -hmm. uh, when it came time to do senior design i was like man who am i gonna you know group with um and then this group from the uh, of girls that i knew from sui the society of women engineers approached me and asked me like hey do you want to be in our team and no joke i was like i don't know how i feel about being on a team with three other girls myself and someone else like i was like mm, i think i need to be with four guys and a girl like that's your typical senior design team yeah. four guys and a girl but then i was like you know what i'm just gonna do it i'll go with these girls and we'll see who the other person is which turns out it was tyrone Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> so tyrone and four girls and i mean i would do it all over again i was i loved my senior design experience we do it all over again a lot of work but it was amazing so i learned that you know don't let yourself be biased because you're a woman or a minority like at work i work with amazing women as well so really just don't let race or gender be be like a roadblock or something yes yeah mm -hmm. no and I think that's really great too because I didn't know that part you know I I was saying that so much in the podcast with Lynette I'm learning so much about you all on the on these episodes and I love it um of that story of just feeling like you need to be on the guy team um but you all did well that year and um you know I remember watching your guys's presentation and everything like that so it's really interesting to see that that was kind of all before all of that amazing stuff happened um with your team and I think it is uh hopefully for you to music nation listening especially if you're a, a woman in stem out there um or aspiring woman you know wanting to get into stem that that's something you can take with you you know is no it can be a team of all girls and we can you know do just as great, if not better, you know? Um, so that's that's really good. So in regards to to um, the Shep part of it, di didn't you serve at, in leadership, like president of the chapter at Wichita State and like some something some work on the, the national and regional level? And so I'd love to hear about that uh, journey yeah. for you because you're an engineering student, right? You're majoring in aeros aerospace engineering. Is that not enough? No, Fernanda's like the president and regional <laughs> officer and all these different things. So take us in on that journey. Yes. So part of, because uh, this is some advice someone gave me early on in college, just as I started, you start with your resume blank. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get an internship or anything, you need to start filling it up with something besides doing well in school. Mm -hmm. So join organizations. So I joined SWE and SHIP and the Rocket Club. So I was busy like the first couple of years and I just put that on myself. And I slowly started um, climbing up the executive board ladder <laughs> with SHIP. Um, I started off as the secretary, I believe, and then vice president, and then president, 
then graduated and we started a group of ship friends and I started the Wichita professional chapter. Ah. And then I decided to also join the regional board as a student vice president. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I was helping our region VP coordinate the regional conference and just getting, I remember we went to Six Flags with other chapters from KU, K-State. Okay. okay. Uh, so bringing the, the region together. And it was an amazing, an amazing experience. And some of the people from SHIP are some of my best friends till today. Like I'm friends with who was the president my first year and then my president the second year. So I'm still really good friends with them. It's an incredible support group. Yeah, I, I can't, you know, I can't agree more. And I think similar to Nesby, it just, it's another outlet and opportunity that, that does become your community. So when we talk about, you know, um, bias or different things that you, you might run into, maybe you don't. And that's great if, you know, um, you don't run into discrimination, but even if you do, like you have this community, you have this group. Um, and then also people who just look like you, who can, you know, maybe speak your language, who can understand your culture while you're going through and getting your struggling through to get your engineering degree. Because as any engineering student knows, you know, it's going to be a, a, a grueling process, uh, rightfully so, it should be, but um, to have the support system. And I know that's what Nesby was for me. And I actually was a part of Shep at the very, like my <laughs> freshman year. So this was the year before you came to Wichita State. And yeah. I was like going to a couple of their meetings. Um, and then Nesby kind of was the side that I leaned more towards and it just kind of stole my heart and, <laughs> and I was off to the races. So that's, that's, yeah, no, I think, I think these support groups, whether it's Society of Women Engineers, Nesby, Shep, um, in any organization, the Rocket Club, um, AIAA, like any organization that you can, as Fernanda said, like just building your resume. So for those of you who might be in college listening to this. Um, you know, just building your resume, building your experience, but also meeting great people, you know, for, for your future. And doing professional uh, connections as well. Like yes. now at work, I'm also helping recruit at SHIP okay. or involved with um, that process from a professional standpoint. So that's it. also pretty cool. Love it. Love it. So in regards to, you know, I, I know we, we were talking mainly about Wichita State, but briefly, I'd love for you to, because because you ended up going to get your master's um, at USC. So another place that was kind of like, you know, far away from Wichita. Um, and, and so just kind of what that, uh, the motivation was to go do that, especially for someone who maybe is working in industry right now and they're thinking, hey, I want to go get a master's in engineering or if they just graduated and they're like, or they're graduating this May and they want to, um, you know, get their, go get their master's instead of going into industry. Kind of what, what was that decision process like for you? And ultimately, you know, why, why did you choose to go get a master's? Yeah. So senior year or junior year, I started thinking about it and I was like, you know, I still feel like I need more knowledge. I wanted to do structures at the time, and I still do uh, okay. want to do structural and stress engineering. But I knew I still had classes to take. Mm -hmm. I knew I was missing my composites, my uh, damage tolerance classes that I didn't get a chance to take in undergrad. Gotcha. I chose other classes. So I was like, I'm, I'm, I would still need, I would still like to get that, uh, those basics covered. So I think a master's would be a good idea. 
the, uh, I was thinking maybe I should wait, maybe I should work and then go back to school. And at the time, my boss, uh, you know, I was like, hey, can I, you know, invite you, get like pay for your lunch and just pick your brain on this? And he was sure. like, yeah, let's go talk. So I asked him, would you recommend I get my master's now? Wait, or, you know, do I even need a master's? And he said, yes, you should get it and get it now because you're honestly going to put it off and most likely like never do it like the money and never go back again. Right now, things are becoming a little bit more competitive. So it's not a bad idea to have that um, up your sleeve. Um, So I listened to his advice. And I remember also seeking out to sweet women. Like there was a support group on Facebook and I asked the question and a lot of people recommended to just go get it done. Wow. I, I really, I really like that because you're, you know, giving us what I like to call the gems or the jewels of the advice throughout the podcast of, of just taking that initiative, you know, cause you could have just, I don't want to say blindly decided to, to go do that, but like maybe more on your own. And you were wise enough to say, hey, let me ask my you know, boss, my current boss, let me ask a support group on Facebook and even friends and your parents and all of that. And, and just taking that information in to make that decision. Um, and I love just hearing you say this. I, I, kn- I know part of why you, you went to get your master's, but I think just learning in this moment that you wanted more knowledge and more yeah. information. I think that's very powerful for what you know, no matter what career you're trying to go into or, or gain knowledge in, but just the fact that you're seeking knowledge um, is important. And so that's just, that's anything, even for young professionals like myself with STEM music, wanting to learn more about business. I went to school for engineering. And so I just took an entrepreneurship class um, in the fall of 2020 during a global pandemic, you know, online class. And I was so glad that I did it because I just, similar to you in, you know, wanting to learn about stress and other things, I just wanted more information on like, how do you run a business? Like, what are some things Mm -hmm. that I should be thinking of? So that's really good. Hey, Stim Music Nation. I hope you are enjoying this episode with the incredible Fernanda Quesada. I wanted to pause real quick and tell you about Passage. Passage is an organization that will be using a Piper airplane to deliver school supplies and STEM supplies to students and teachers in Latin America. They plan on launching this December and they could use your support. If you are interested in donating to their GoFundMe, I'll be sure to link it in the description of this episode. I'm excited to see how many lives are impacted by this great organization. Go Passage! Now, let's get back to this episode to hear the rest of Fernanda's story. Um, so we're going to transition into your professional career. I'd, I'd love for you to, um, you know, talk to us about, you know, the day in life um, and roles and responsibilities and some cool travel stuff. But before we do that, Stim Music Nation, um, this is a dear friend of mine. And so we've had conversations about um, we what we like to call them microaggressions that <laughs> happen, um, that can tend to happen when you are a person coming from a diverse multicultural background. Um, in the professional world or just in society in general. And so microaggressions, many of you to Music Nation already know this, but just comments that can be off-putting or you know, backhanded compliments, just crazy stuff like that, that a person of color, you're just like, what? Did that person just really say that? And now you have to you know, deal with that. And maybe you, it makes you feel a certain type of way. And so 
um, a part of you being a Latina, a part of you being a woman in STEM. Um, we've definitely had our fair share of conversations about uh, situations. And so I know you wanted to highlight some of those. One, the one I'm going to request you start with is the one we <laughs> talked about in college about a barista in a Starbucks. And I remember you telling me this story and, it, and I got so animated because it's it's still frustrating to this day. So lead in with that and then feel free to share any others. And and Sim Music Nation, I think it's important for these stories to be shared as we've done in the past on many other episodes, because one, it serves as just like a warning. Um, you know, if you're a multicultural diverse person going into STEM, you might encounter this and just knowing that you can overcome it, knowing that you don't have to let it, you know, stop you. Um, but at the same time, it could also help you prepare too. Like maybe you'll know what to do or resources you can reach out to that sort of thing. So take it away. Okay. So I used to go to a Starbucks and study, uh, you know, during the weekends or late at night, even with Lynette, we would go to Starbucks sometimes and study. So I would frequent these Starbucks and the barista who was also Hispanic, uh, like recognized me. So he already knew, you know, like, oh, studying again. Oh, yeah, just a coffee. Yes, please. You know, so I would go. And then I graduated, but I was still in Wichita for a semester. I was working while I started grad school. Mm-hmm. And we would have game nights. That's you yes. were there. Yes. We would have game nights every Thursday. So, you know, here I am, graduated, working full time. And, you know, at the end of the day, why not, you know, go grab a coffee that I- And let's just say, where where were you working? Just so that the Music Nation knows why this is so crazy. (laughs) So I was working at a um, structural engineering firm. It's a small firm in Wichita. And I was a structural engineer there. There we go. That's the important information you need to know, Music Nation. Structural (laughs) engineer here. Okay, go ahead. And- so I show up to the Starbucks and my barista friend was there and he's like, oh, I haven't seen you in, you know, in, in a while. Uh, how are things going? I'm like, oh, they're going great. Um, I haven't been here because I graduated. So, you know, I don't come to study anymore. He's like, oh, great. Well, um, what are you doing? Where are you working? And I told him the name of of the place, which is uh, like structural engineering. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, very cool. So wh- what do you do there? Are, are you the secretary there? And I was like, no, I'm a, I'm a structural um, structures engineer, a stress engineer there. And then I got my coffee, left, and went and vented out to my friends at Gabe Night. Stim Music Nation. <laughs> I cannot like it just it's so crazy you know she's like yeah I work at this engineering firm and he's like are you the secretary so case in point microaggression of just like her being a woman um and even though he was Hispanic he's still you know just that assuming the gender role of like oh you can't you, she couldn't be an engineer, but guess what? Fernanda Quesada, my friend, is a brilliant engineer. Okay, yeah. carry on. <laughs> um, and just uh, for listeners out there, I tend to deal with this as with, with sarcasm and humor, like that. I just laugh it off. It doesn't really, you know, offend me. And I'll share a couple more stories, which I want to believe people don't don't mean ill with it mm-hmm. it's just I just laugh it off and you know like whatever that's funny but yeah that happened another story I have it's I was at a machine shop measuring a few parts because I was doing some uh, tooling work and I'm using a caliper to measure uh, some 
something on a part. I think I was measuring like the diameter of a, of a hole. And the mechanic who, like we were chatting, he was mm -hmm. super friendly, but he was like, oh, so you know how to use one of those, you know? And I'm like, yes, I do. Oh my I'm God. How to use a caliper. Um, and what, oh, another thing that this one did kind of have an impact on me uh, was my advisor freshman year. Okay. I was taking honors calculus. Okay. So it was a class where you didn't really have tests. You only have um, scheduled, you didn't have scheduled tests. You could take the five or six tests whenever you wanted in the semester. Wow. And most of us stayed until the end and suffered through it. Right. Right. So I remember I was at my advising session and he was like, oh, hard class is going. And I told him about Calc. I'm like, oh, I'm struggling a little bit. Um, the class was hard and the exams were weird i had never had that system before and so he told me something like well if you're struggling with that i would you know start thinking about you know the program and just basically telling me if you're struggling with calc you're gonna like flunk this like just you know give up so that was like uh and i remember this story just before the the interview right now i completely forgot about it but I did change advisors and I mean I didn't let that come and stop me it was I think, calculus. I think that's a great but that's a great piece of advice STEM Music Nation for you know those who, those of you who might be students but even in in our professional world and professional life as uh, STEM professionals is it's okay to have the agency to say I'm gonna choose a different advisor or I'm gonna you know, seek out a mentor at, you know, in, if you're in the professional world right now, um, mm -hmm. I'm going to seek out a different way to go about accomplishing what it is that I want to accomplish instead of letting an off-putting comment or an assumption about me um, dictate, you know, what my choices or what my options can be. So I, that's good. It, it may seem like something little that you did in that moment, but just imagine if you just took that advice and said, well, I guess that's it for me, you know, but yeah. you're just like, yeah, let me switch advisors because that you're not speaking, you know, the same language that I'm speaking. I'm getting this aerospace degree. So yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think those are, those are all, um, you know, unfortunate stories. And like you said, you like laugh them off and stuff, but I think just to, for STEM Music Nation, you know, it's like things like this can happen. If you're a woman in STEM, if you're a Latina in STEM, if you're, um, you know, a multicultural person and just to be aware, I've had, you know, things that I've mentioned on previous episodes that have happened um, in my career professionally, um, you know, in school, and, um, you know, we persevere through it, but it's good to know. I think the other thing too, is that, oh, wow, I'm not the only one, you know, especially if you're a young professional hearing something like this uh, on the podcast, you know, that you're not the only one if something like that has happened. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. So in speaking of our professional life and professional world, um, I'd love for you to take us through a typical day or, you know, roles and responsibilities you have as a mechanical design engineer. Um, and then we can talk about some cool travel that you've done. Yes. So I'm a mechanical design engineer for Delta Flight Products, which is a subsidiary of Delta Airlines. So what the subsidiary does is design um, interiors. Okay. So we, uh, the, the company is divided into two big areas. One is integration engineering mm -hmm. and the other one is uh, in-flight entertainment systems. Okay. So I'm on the integration engineering company. So we refresh interiors. We manufacture 
monuments, which are the partitions, galleys that you see on the aircraft, and we provide just solutions for whatever an airline may, may need. I'll touch a little more into these solutions. Um, but as a designer, my day-to-day -day is not always the same. It really depends on what project I'm working on. And then, uh, you know, a few days of that month or however long that project is taken may look similar, but it's not always the same thing, which makes, makes it a little fun. But um, I'll walk you through like the stages of okay. design and what we, we do at each. Sure. So once you have a project from a client, what you do first is do a lot of research, you know, get as much information as you can on the current configuration and what the customer wants. Mm -hmm. So make sure you won't miss any details there. So during the research phase, you're looking at drawings, looking at parts lists, trying to understand what it is that you're doing. You may also go on an aircraft survey because you want to make sure what's on the drawing matches reality, right? Yes. So you go on and take pictures, take measurements, just gather all your data. Once you have all your data from that research state, you go ahead and do the fun part, which is get your AutoCAD and your SolidWorks up and start designing, you know, start creating whatever it is or modifying because sometimes we don't create things from scratch. Like mm -hmm. if something's already there, why not use it or just modify it, right? So after we're done with that design stage, you send it to check. So someone else will check your work and then that'll go to substantiation, the stress group who will, you know, make sure that it won't break, that there, you know, won't be any failures. So you coordinate with them, you make sure there's uh, like good communication, solve mm -hmm. all, all their questions, make changes, and then it'll finally get approved. And it's also important to mention that you are also dealing with supply chain. You have to coordinate with supply chain and people at the shop, make sure things will fit. You know, we're integration engineering. So in the end, it's making sure your design will work with whoever else's design it may interfere with. Mm -hmm. And you know, that it's, that you're gonna have the material to make it and that the machinists will be able to put it together, right? So that's kind of a, a, a summary of what I've done. And to be more specific right now, like the project I'm helping with, you know, COVID hit our lives last year and yes. Delta paused a lot of the projects we were working on because, you know, we need to save money. But at the same time, now we need to invest into cleanliness initiatives. So we're installing hand sanitizers on board the aircraft. So gotcha. I'm with making the design for that. So it's, as I said, researching, seeing what's on the airplane, going on the aircraft to make sure there's no uh, inter interferences with anything and you know, creating a design, check substantiation and making sure mechanics are able to install it. That is such a great description. Um, two things. One, I'm like, oh yeah, we do the same exact job. <laughs> like I, I, I've, I've known that this is your job, but it's like, no, Roy, like you and Fernanda do the same exact job. Yes. <laughs> um, you, you described the process that I go through all the time. 
Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention, Sim Music Nation, is, is Fernanda's based out of Atlanta. And when I visited um, several times in 2019, um, one of the times she took me on a beautiful tour of these airplanes, these Delta airplanes in this hangar, and I lost my mind, and it was amazing. Um, so that, that part where you're getting to go out and see the aircraft to make sure stuff fits or measure stuff. One, I think is super valuable. And at my uh, job, I have the fortunate opportunity to do that because not all engineering groups mm -hmm. in different companies um, might have that, that advantage to actually go out and see their work or see what they're interfering with and what their part might be touching and all of that stuff. So that's really, really cool that you guys have that as well. And well, I forgot to mention like the most important part. After you think you're done, after you think your part is produced and you know, you're done with your design work, mm -hmm. no, comes probably one of the funnest experiences so far, which is okay, so your design is, you know, done in paper, it's produced, now we have to install it, right? Okay. And make sure it fits. So that's what we call like um support. Um So you got to support the installation of whatever it is you did. So one of the biggest projects I've, I've worked on so far, it's we're modifying the 767-400. Okay. Cabin interior, we were stripping everything off and then installing new seats, new labs, wow. new galleys that some of my coworkers designed and you know were manufactured here in Atlanta. And the mod took place in China. So I was able to go out in 2019 yeah. three times to support it. Wow. And wow. it was so cool being able to see the airplane, you know, uh, without any floorboards, seeing what's underneath the floor in person, not just in a drawing. <laughs> really cool. And seeing your design come to life. Yeah. Really cool. Dealing with other cultures and communicating and problem solving was amazing and you kind of go when you're supporting these mods you go through a similar shorter process like the one i've mentioned so right now instead of you having like to come up with the new design you have a problem so you gotta do again the research to see you know how you're gonna fix it you have to go talk to the mechanics go get on the aircraft and you know check that your solution is actually gonna work and that what you're looking at it's actually what you you know, you're imagining it, so go see it. And then you come up with a solution, you create the deviation, and then you send it to check. And then someone from stress still needs to, eva you know, evaluate it and mm -hmm. then it's released and then just make sure that it's actually... Um, And you're all the way in China, like doing this. That that to me was so cool. I remember that time and us just kind of like talking, talking about, I think one of the times that I came and visited you in Atlanta was like right before you were about to leave to go back yeah. to China. <laughs> um, and so maybe talk just, just briefly um, before we get ready to transition into the music, just about how that experience was, you know, because it's like, You've already had international travel experience from Mexico to Wichita, then to USC and LA, and then living in Atlanta, then you're going to China. <laughs> It was, uh, if, if you ever get the chance to go work somewhere else in another country, mm -hmm. take it. it. You won't regret it. Uh, days were long. It was not a breeze. We were working, you know, 12, 15 hour days sometimes. Wow. Weekends included. Um 
but I'll I'll talk about my 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 experience. So the first trip I took it was for the the first aircraft that was ever gun modified. So the um, being the first aircraft, you needed the prototype. We call it. Everyone was on board. So we had project managers there. We had two or three mechanical designers. We had two electrical people. Um, other suppliers were also there on site. So it was a lot of people. And we had someone to kind of tell us what we needed to do. So our project managers would go to meetings in the morning and get all the issues that we needed to solve. And they told us like, oh yeah, we need to solve these, this and that. And here's the solution, just go draft it up. You know, we were just thinking problem after problem being told what to do. Then we wrap up the prototype a couple months after and they needed support, but we didn't have um, as much people on site as before. Right, right. We've already, the prototype, that's gonna be probably the worst case scenario. We already fixed a lot of the issues. So I come back maybe one or two months later and this time there's no project managers on site and there's only maybe another mechanical designer and an electrical person. So that's when things got really interesting. First time was a lot of fun and there was a lot of people. It was great. Second time was harder. Yeah. Harder because it was myself with, you know, two other guys giving me, uh, explaining the transition process. Now this is the meeting you have to go to and you gotta, you know, give updates on whatever is happening. You also gotta communicate to Atlanta and you gotta talk to the mechanics. So it was a lot of pressure. And the two guys left and it was myself and another girl who was her first time on site. So we got hit with a couple of big issues. So it's, I think when, when both of us learned the most, Wow. being there and having, you know, talk to the Chinese mechanics and figure things out and communicate to Atlanta. It was a lot of work, but it was amazing. And probably the best part of these trip to China was the layovers I was able to do, you know, on the way there, stop in Japan, on the way back, stop in Korea or, you know, go to Hong Kong. It was, it was a, a great year. I think that's great. And within that, you're already like kind of sharing some advice, especially for the young professionals in STEM who are listening to the podcast, STEM Music Nation, take advantage, you know, take advantage if you're um, in a company that has opportunities to travel and and do your engineering skills and work in another place, um, especially internationally. Um, That's phenomenal. I'm so glad you took advantage of that. You probably didn't have an option, but I'm glad that you took advantage of it. I really am. No, there was an option. Okay, good, good. (laughs) I'm glad you took advantage. Yeah, some some guys um, girls, guys, I don't know, at work weren't too. They were like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) Because maybe they had a family, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad you took advantage of it. So I have three questions to Music Nation. We've done this before, episode six with Melissa Marquez. Um, So it's time. Para Español, we're going to do some questions in Spanish um, for our Spanish, you know, Latino nation of the music nation. So we got three and then we'll jump into the music and it's going to be fun. So here we go. So primero pregunta, ¿qué te motivó a estudiar algo relacionado a STEM? 
fue mi interés en aviación y en querer ser astronauta. Fue definitivamente eso que me llamaba la atención. Y además tener el apoyo de mi familia. Mm. Mi papá y mi mamá, los dos son ingenieros. Entonces, sabiendo que ellos pudieron hacerlo eh, y teniendo su, su apoyo, más el interés de algo que me fascinaba cuando era niña, eso qué fue bueno. lo que me motivó. Qué bueno, qué bueno. Uh, ¿Cuál ha sido tu experiencia siendo una mujer trabajando en STEM? He sido afortunada porque sin tomar en cuenta la historia de de Starbucks o del mecánico, sí. este, no, no he tenido que lidiar con, con nadie haciéndome menos. La gente con la que trabajo siempre han sido muy... Eh, han sido... Este, apoyan demasiado. Y, y ahorita en la compañía en la que estoy somos muchísimas mujeres. Somos al, tal vez como unas ocho mujeres y entre sí. todas nos ayudamos. Entonces, ha, ha sido una carrera muy, muy eh, satisfactoria hasta ahora y muy buena experiencia siendo mujeres. Qué bueno, qué bueno. Ok, última pregunta. ¿Qué consejo le darías a algunas niñas interesadas en STEM? El futuro. <risa> <risa> eh, pues te diría que no pensaras que eres una mujer. Eh, te recomendaría que mejor pensaras que eres ingeniero. Al fin y al cabo, tu género no, no, no define tu profesión. Eh, eres un estudiante, sin importar si eres mujer u hombre. Eres un ingeniero, sin importar si eres mujer u hombre. Entonces, a veces tenemos eso, eso en nuestra mente, como ah, mejor no digo nada porque soy mujer, o mejor no pregunto esto porque soy mujer. Eh, no, no pienses en eso, eres simplemente un ingeniero más en, en la compañía y sí, no, no dejes que tu género defina quién eres profesionalmente. Perfecto, perfecto. Muchas gracias. Thank you so much. We're going to jump into the music now. Um, I found these songs really cool. Some Music Nation, you know, I always listen to this right before. I listen to the songs right before we jump on. So I'm going to jump into these, give you the title the artists, my little bullet points, and then the floor will be yours for each of these songs. So uh, the first one, I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Oh my gosh, the Music Nation. I, I, when I found out that Fernanda was like at Backstreet Boys concerts in Mexico, it was like, you know, growing up in America, you just think we're so American centric. So like a lot of times you're like, the world revolves around America. And da -da. so it's just, it was, my mind was blown that, you know, like, oh yeah, the Backstreet Boys and other artists tour around the world, not just America. And so um, for that, for this particular song, here were my bullet points. Second grade, because the album, I, I looked it up too. The album yeah. came out in 1999. That's when I moved from Washington state to Missouri. So it was like, it came out in that year. And then I started second grade in the fall of 1999. Because I always remember it changed to 2000 when I was yeah. in second grade. And um, we didn't, at the time in my family, like we, we couldn't listen to secular music and stuff. So we, we heard the song at school and we were just like, it reminds me of music class. Because we were like, oh my gosh, this is a song that we can't listen to, but we're hearing it in school. <laughs> I want it that way. And then um, it reminds me of my dad because we couldn't listen to secular music 
I guess the song, well, I know the song was so huge and popular, but he heard it at work or something and he came home singing it and we were like, oh, he knows the song, he's singing this secular song. Like, it was such a big deal. <laughs> um, and then today I listened to the song by watching the music video and because we didn't have TV growing up and stuff like that, this is the first time seeing the music video. And I'm pretty sure I would have loved this song even more because it had a 727 airplane in it. I had no idea there was an airplane in the music video. So anyway, why did you choose this song? <laughs> oh my God, Backstreet Boys are probably my all time favorite band. Um, funny you mentioned you were in second grade and you remember this song, because I was in third grade when we went to their concert. <laughs> so I was like a little third and my parents uh took my sister and I to to the concert so that was they were my first concert and I've seen them like four or five times you know after that and I could that song just brings back really good childhood memories yeah that's awesome yeah it makes me think of our fun day too at the end of the school year we'd always have like a fun day where you go outside and play kickball and all these different you know water activity games and stuff and they would play this these songs um okay so this next one favorito by camilo it was my first time hearing it today i love it it's a it's a new favorite i just want to <laughs> listen to it it's fun the music video is amazing too bright you know all the colors it's about love i love the sound and the beat and then i just wrote down the english translation of one part with i guess the the, the meaning of the song you are what i need i am what you need um, it's just a good song. I loved it. So thank you for putting it on the list. Why yeah. did you choose it? All of his music, like I wish <laughs> you could listen to these podcasts, but uh, his music got me through quarantine. I became like his number one fan. He was actually my Spotify number one artist because I wow. had him on repeat. Ever since the Backstreet Boys probably, there's never really been an artist. Now that we don't have physical mm -hmm. CDs, it's harder. But um, you know, when you used to play a CD and you know, you know, all the songs? Yes, like, yes. The last time that happened to me it was 2020. <laughs> I know all of his, um, his songs and I love the rhythm. I love the messages. They're all about like, you know, pure love. And there's mm. like, not like a lot of reggaeton music which you know can be a little bit more like dirty music yeah, or yeah, you know yeah. like no this is all like cute romantic music and that's that's great. what i felt when i listened to it i was like it it was and even though it's in spanish like i know enough spanish that i could like pick out words and kind of get to the point i was proud of myself actually because i got to the end of the song it's like he's saying that you're you're what i need and i'm what you're need i know he's saying that you know like i'm not what you need but it i got that sense even just listening to it in spanish not 100% understanding the lyrics, like 70% mm, understanding the lyrics, um, but that simplistic feeling. And it feels good. Like, oh, this is just so um, innocent and, and lighthearted, you know, but it's still love and it feels yeah, good. Yeah, oh, his music is amazing. Highly, highly recommend it. It was really cool. So then this next one, we're kind of going back in time. Um, you had mentioned that you've been into boleros lately. And so these are like romantic ballads from the 40s. And so this song is Piel Canela by uh, Iri Gourmet and Itrios Los Panchos is the version that I ended up finding. Mm -hmm. um, and so I put um, chill. It's like a chill, like a little chill vibe. And it was very simple. Um, and 
the the lyrics of the song like I only care about you and nobody but you and like the the chorus of the song is very kind of catchy um mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I wrote so why why did you choose it obviously because you're watching boleros but you know yeah uh this is music that reminds me of Sundays at my grandparents house okay we would go in you know have lunch dinner with them and they would always play like these old boring music and I was like why aren't they playing Backstreet Boys or whatever's on the radio like these sucks you know old people music but now I've come to appreciate that old yeah. people music it's again beautiful romantic songs the lyrics for most of the songs are super simple as you probably could tell yeah. as like maybe four verses and a chorus and that's it but the message is simple, pure. It's, I don't know, I, I, I love it. And the rhythm as well. It always yeah, gets yeah. me in a, a really good good mood. I totally, totally agree. It was, it was really cool too. And it, it's funny you said your grandparents' house because I, I didn't grow up having that experience of listening to this type of music, you know, at my grandparents' house, but it did have that vibe. It kind of had the, you know, that. So it's very interesting when I, when I hear my, podcast guests explain why they chose this, a certain song and I can still kind of get a piece of why you know <laughs> within my own interpretation so we got two more songs left before our final question the next one is Estoy Aquí by Shakira um, I put upbeat Shakira before hips don't lie because Roy's experience <laughs> as the host of this podcast is Shakira being a part of hip-hop culture you know Little Wayne and <laughs> and uh, Wyclef Jean and, and you know like that's how I met Shakira. That's how I um, know her music. And so my good friend from college um, had a season where she was really into Sh- uh, Shakira's music. And, and I think maybe when she was in high school too. And so, so that would have been like 2006 to 2010 time period. And she'd always tell me like, yeah, she, she like had a whole career, <laughs> you know, before. <laughs> and so it was just really cool to like, and I never did the homework to go look up that career. You know, like I just know her for Hips Don't Lie and other stuff. She's Waka Waka, you know, African mm-hmm. uh, World Cup. And so listening to this one, the song, I went and looked at the lyrics. It's quite sad. Muy triste. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, but it was cool to kind of see this Shakira that the Latin world, you know, like she was, she is like this giant, but we didn't know anything about her until like she comes in and hips don't lie comes out, you know? So um, go ahead and explain why you put this on the list. This song in particular too. Uh, okay, so Shakira, like her new stuff is never gonna amount to her old stuff. It just brings goosebumps listening Aww. to, you know, these songs. And uh she was like my decade artist on spotify and she also has like a collaboration with camilo by the way oh okay i'm gonna have to look that up i'm gonna have to look that up um and this song uh, i don't know it was hard to choose between all of our old ones uh but this has a really fast chorus i think yes um kind of like you came to learn it as a kid and now if it comes up you're able to sing it so it's like you're proud of being able to sing these really 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 fast yes verses and i don't know her music was amazing i i hope she keeps doing more of her old stuff do you guys have now i don't know if you know the answer to this question this is random it's just coming to my mind and i might have the wrong school so forgive me but do Mm -hmm. you all share the same school 
because she went back to school like as a big pop you know artist and like got a master's I think or her undergrad but I can't remember if it was USC or another school so I didn't know if you knew the answer yeah you have to look it up I don't know it could have been UCLA which I know that's the rival school yeah. <laughs> so I don't know but you'll have to look that up because I remember yes, I didn't know that seeing a news story about her going back to school and she was like yeah I'm going this was like maybe five seven maybe even 10 years ago but she was like yeah I go to school in a hoodie you know like regular student <laughs> so um but in regards to the fast lyrics I know what you're talking about because in America that was Destiny's Child so like Beyonce okay. and Kelly Rowland and Michelle they you know the songs they would have it, it like I think Say My Name was one of them and it's and there's just like these fast lyrics and like everyone was so proud to be able to sing these fast lyrics so I get it that's yeah. really cool. So the last song is Let Him Say by Lizzo. And there was another artist on there, Caroline Smith. That was the, another artist that was listed on there. But um, this was, I watched the music video and this was from 2014. And so I thought it was very interesting. That this is before Lizzo, as everybody knows, Lizzo. Um, and so the song, I, I love the message in the song. Um, right. You know, let them say what they're going to say, basically. And I think that speaks so, it, it's really cool to have this song on your list after what we just talked about in your episode, mm -hmm. um, you know, let people say what they're going to say. You, I wrote down, you can't please everyone. And then also like the line in the song that I love the most is living well is the best revenge. Like, yes, let them say living well. So <laughs> I'm assuming that's why you chose this song. Yeah. It's just, the message is so positive again. And Lisa has good music. I, I like her music, but this song is not like her latest stuff it's more poppy i guess more pop and it automatically gets me in a good mood and such a positive message and true like let people say whatever they want to say you keep doing your thing and you know i just rub everything that people tell me off like just keep the good things if there are some negative comments here and there is there anything you, you can take from it yes take it then if no just let it go like, don't let things bug you. Drama is a no-no. Drama is a no-no. <laughs> I love that. Oh, now you're giving me a new line. Drama <laughs> is a no-no. Oh, snap. Okay. So you kind of already gave some advice right there. But yeah. <laughs> if, for our final question, you know, if you had to leave advice for anyone, um, it could be specific to someone who wants to get into STEM, a young professional in STEM. Um, but what piece would you want to leave STEM Music Nation um, regarding, you know, you've given such good advice throughout this entire podcast episode, but any, anything that you would like to leave them with last piece of advice? Yeah, I'd say ask questions. Always ask questions. Uh, and if you can't do your research before you ask the questions, right, just make sure you can't. Because uh, I know there's no stupid questions mm -hmm. but sometimes if you do your research you might answer you know the question yourself but if you're wasting time and you can't really do it or understand something go ask that question whether it's go ask a professor in school or go ask your mentor at work uh, also if you don't have work to do if you're a co-op or an intern go ask for work mm -hmm. or if, if you have downtime even i guess as a full-timer just ask if you can help others, right? Um, that would be my biggest uh, advice. Ask questions and um, even ask for more money. Negotiate your salary. Uh, that's also another thing I wanted to tell 
young people out there uh, don't be afraid to negotiate your salary especially when you're uh, starting up like starting off your career negotiate ask for more uh, worst case scenario they'll say we can't do it but that'll just put you on um, uh, at an advantage to, to grow up in your career because that for salary it's also uh, it's very important and where all your promotions will be starting off so that is really good advice I, man that's really really good uh, both of those I think Yes. You know, there are times in my professional life where I feel stuck and then I just feel discouraged and I'm like, I don't want to because I'm just like, but like you said, just doing a little bit of research up front and saying like, and I would even do this in college, you know, here's what I, Linda Clement, which was one of our professors to Music Nation. Here's what I've done. Here's what I do understand. Here's where I'm getting stuck, you know, and so you're not just coming and saying, how do I do this? You're saying like, this is what I understand. This is what I get but I'm getting stuck here, you know? So yeah, yeah, that, I think that's great advice. And then show your work. Yeah. Show your work, show that you've attempted, right. Yeah. Show, show that you've given it some effort. That's really great. And the salary thing as well, you know, I think that's something that, you know, and even on my end, like even just having mentors to um, you know, who are you usually who are older than you, but even like mentors that are maybe on an executive level or, you know, as you grow in your career and you network and meet people. So you can even ask those questions of like, what would that rate be? Or what, you know, like that sort of thing. So you don't feel blind going into something like that, I think is very important. So great advice, man. This has been such a cool podcast episode. I've learned a lot about you and I feel like Stim Music Nation has benefited from you you know, taking the chance to come on here and just share your story. So Fernanda, thank you so much for coming on to the Stib Music Podcast. Thanks for having me. Ask questions. That's something I'm still learning to do right now. Great advice right there. Special shout out to Fernanda Quesada, mi amiga mexicana, for sharing her story and her advice. By the way, we briefly talked about her interest in transitioning into stress engineering from design engineering. And I'm happy to report, Fernanda is now working as a stress engineer. Woohoo! Thank you so much to Music Nation for listening to this episode of the STEM Music Podcast. We'll be featuring another woman in STEM next week, so stay tuned. As usual, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at The STEM Music, and on TikTok at STEM Music Nation. Our website is www.thestemmusic.com. And until next time, peace. Call us in news, we gon' make it flow Call us in news, call us in